Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. My guest today is Brett Wigdart, founder of Teach First and founder and CEO of the EYFS-focused initiative, Tiny. So Brett came up with the idea for Teach First in 2001 while he was working on a project with London First and business in the community, looking at how their members could improve results in London schools. And it was this that sparked the idea for a new graduate teaching programme. And so Brett took a six-month sabbatical to build it out. And as a result, Teach First was born and launched in July 2002. So over the 15 years Brett led the charity, they saw 10,000 graduates take on teaching roles at underperforming schools. So Brett is also the co-founder and trustee of Teach for All, an organisation which works to replicate the principle of Teach First across international markets. So Brett shares with us his motivation behind his new organisation, Tiny Today, and how he hopes that it will elevate the status of education starting with the early years. Let's get to the interview. So Brett, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. So you have achieved some amazing things, which um, hopefully you're going to talk to us about today. But can you describe Tiny, which is your new venture, to our listeners? Sure. So I've been involved in education for 20 years, and um, I could talk about Teach First, which I led for 20 years. Um, um, there's a yeah fire alarm, but hopefully, sorry. Um, no it's cool. <laughs> it's normal. Okay. Start over. Um, yeah, so I've been involved in education for 20 years, and um, during that time, I visited hundreds and hundreds of schools across the country. And um, what I kept on realizing was, you know, there's such a large gap, obviously, between children from wealthier backgrounds and poorer backgrounds. And there's so many outstanding schools and teachers and leaders who are doing so much amazing work to reduce that gap. But really, the problem starts at a very young age. And I think um, the area of education that people don't spend enough talking about, but actually in some ways is the most broken, is early years. And during um, the time, I've spent a lot of time really learning about early years and, and the effect it has on brain development of, of young children and how it can set them up you know, really well for the rest of their life. Um, but a problem in England and most countries is there's just not enough wonderful practitioners in early years. The ones who are in there are doing a great job, but, you know, obviously there aren't enough of them. And one reason is they're not paid a professional salary and mm. there's not great professional development and professional support and all the things you need to be a great educator. Um, so what Tiny is, is a childminding agency legally, um, but what we're trying to do is reimagine childminding for the 2020s. We're using tech and we're using, um, you know, really modern education methods to build a, a new cohort of wonderful early years educators who can work from their homes. We provide all the business support, all the networks, all the um, wonderful community EYFS activities for them to do, all the support for parents and everything, so that they can make a good professional salary, have a really great job, and have it fit around their own home lives and their own children, if they do have their own children. Sounds perfect. I, I bet there's a lot of EYFS uh, teachers listening now thinking, hmm, how do I get a piece of that? Um, I feel like I've learned quite a bit about EYFS, I say recently, but um, 
I've got a daughter who's just gone into year one and my other daughter's just started a nursery at school. So it's it's very different, isn't it? Because I was a secondary teacher, then I went into key stage two and I was always scared to go any lower than year three. Um, but there are so many things that um, we kind of take for granted that we kind of need to revisit when it comes to early years education that early years teachers just... They know that we don't, mm. and it's just so, so amazing. So I think this is yeah, really totally. good. I mean, I've, you know, uh, so I led Teach First for 15 years, and I, I was at so many secondary and primary schools, and just think teachers are obviously amazing, and that was the focus of my life. Um, but if I was to, to be focused even more, I'd say earlier as educators are even more amazing because, you know, if you're with a three-year-old, you spent one-third of their life with that child. Mm. You know, there's so many things that child doesn't know to be a great early years educator, you really need to understand brain development and, you know, plasticity and all these other things in a way that, you know, educators of older children just don't need to know. And you have such a major effect on the child's life uh, working at a, with a young child, a much bigger effect than, you know, a secondary school teacher will have who only works with a child a few times a week. Yeah, absolutely. And also things like um, just being open-minded to anything can happen. Um, in a moment and what are the learning opportunities that's something that blows my mind just yeah when you see a great early years educator and you know it's guided play usually and I, I remember visiting some early years educators and they have 10 children and they could say they know exactly what each of the 10 children is doing they're each doing you know play in a totally different area but they understand how it fits within one of their goals and a learning objective and how the child's learning from that and it's just amazing and very inspiring when you see wonderful yeah. early years educators absolutely so what is tiny's mission then and how is it going to impact the education sector yeah i mean our mission is to ensure every child gets a great early years education uh the way the problem in England, and like I said, in, in most countries, is there just aren't enough outstanding earlier educators out there. I mean, the ones who are there are doing a fantastic job, but we need more of them. And one of the big problems is salaries, support, professional support, professional development, you know, collegiality, all, all the great things people want from a job um, are very difficult to have. And, and, you know, it's not like earlier educators are looking to make a fortune from it, but they need to be able to make a professional salary. You know, I think at least the same salary as any other teacher. Um, so what we're trying to do is is really grow the sector, you know, bring more people into it, um, get more existing earlier educators to to open these nurseries in their homes and be childminders, and help them have you know really high quality. And we think by doing it that way, they can you know really have a great profession out of this and very flexible, also. Yeah, yeah, and and some parents really kind of do lean more towards a childminder anyway, don't they? But I mean, my daughter's recently been. Um, sort of in a private nursery and I remember um through the COVID pandemic the, the owner of the nursery found it quite difficult because the money isn't there sometimes you've got one experienced practitioner but then you do have a lot of trainees or very young people which is fine but you also need the breadth of the experience and then the problems that that brings it's difficult if you're trying to manage a a really big room but you're also trying to manage 16 year olds who are technically still children themselves anyway i mean it's really hard to make nurseries work quite a lot of nurseries have closed down in the last few years and it's really hard to make them work because they have so many expenses around buildings around management around all these other things and as you said usually they have big staffing and i think what's great for um someone who just wants to be an educator themselves and wants more flexibility, you do it from your own home and then you don't have those expenses. So the idea of childminders, especially with tiny, is you get to keep 
you know, almost all the money that comes in and, and that can then lead to a good salary. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose also make it flexible how you want to because, you know, yeah. if you're running your own business, you can decide if you don't work Mondays, you can decide if you offer care on a Saturday totally. and things like that, can't you? Totally. It's not like you have, you know, management that you have to work with, which I know is always difficult in any school. Um, and a lot of our people, maybe about two thirds of our community are parents of small children themselves and they fit it around yeah. school runs or other parental responsibilities. Yeah, which helps because obviously you've got childcare for your own child as well then, which I know how difficult that is. So why are you so passionate then about the status of early years educators being leveled up really? I mean, I'm really passionate about the idea that every child deserves a great education. This is what I've, I've been pushing for 20 years. And I, I think it's the civil rights issue of our time, to be honest, that there's still lots of children in the country and many other countries where they don't get an outstanding education. And as a result, their life chances are much less than you know what, what it should be. And what's exciting in England is I think we have a lot of schools in disadvantaged areas that, that do provide outstanding education. I think you know that's just kept on improving over the last 20 years from what I've seen. Um, and in early years, though, it's very difficult for enough children to get outstanding early years education. So you have a lot of children starting primary school already with a big gap. Um, where they would have had a lot less words spoken to them. They would have had a lot less yeah. play opportunities. You know, I visited year one classes where children don't know how to play or aren't communicating or don't know, you know, aren't very verbal. And mm -hmm. I think if they had had great earlier as educators, um, child minders or, you know, others, they wouldn't be in that situation. They'd be able to learn from year one and they'd be in a, in a much better uh, situation for education and they'd have the life opportunities that they deserve as they get older so to me it's a massive problem I, I think every child really needs outstanding earlier education and currently that's not the situation no and, it, and it's difficult isn't it because it's it's about access to it as well um yeah. so it's not just um maybe not having enough um early years teachers or early years experts I suppose you could you could say but it's access to that education as well because there's all sorts of different rules around when you would get that access depending on um your income level and, mm. and a whole host of things so it's kind of wider isn't it it's um it's tricky tricky to navigate and you can see how children end up at such differing starting points when they start reception yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's good about child minors is, you know, they're eligible for the 15 or 30 hours, um, you know, which isn't fantastic. I mean, the government's recently raised it a bit, which is good, um, but at least they're eligible for that. And they're broadly the most affordable type of childcare out there, child minders. Um, you know, they're a lot more affordable than nannies or a lot of private nurseries or things like that. So um, while they're still probably priced out of some parents, which is problematic, you know, hopefully between the 15 or 30 free hours that parents are eligible for and the fact that they are relatively affordable compared to other childcare, most parents can afford a, a tiny home nursery. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm talking more about, um, so when um, my eldest was uh, able to go to school nursery, she was supposed to get 30 hours, but mm. they could only offer 15. So yeah. sometimes it's that kind of access, not necessarily the financial access, but the access that is available in that area um and i remember thinking hang on a minute so you're taking more children in nursery because they were filling like the afternoon and the morning slots than you're going to be able to have in reception so some children aren't going to get in so it's it, it's that kind of issue as well isn't it like um yeah. making sure that we've got enough spaces i think yeah i mean it's the big problem is Again, that gets back to there's just not enough great practitioners out there, uh, earlier as educators. So, I mean, parents really struggle to find um, good, good 
you know, early years care near them in education. Um, I mean, what we've seen with our nurseries is they fill up really quick. You know, it's not a problem finding parents for the most part or, you know, because I think parents are so desperate for this sort of service and it's just getting more open. You know, it's just, uh, as you said, like more nurseries, more child minors. I think there's just a real shortage. Yeah. So where up and down the country um, are your nurseries then? So currently we're in um, Greater London and the Southeast, and we've just opened in Greater Manchester this week, which is really exciting. Just was there in snowy Manchester. Um, and we're looking to go national in the next 12 months. So, um, you know, those are the two areas where we are right now, you know, in Brighton and the wider Southeast, but we should be everywhere in the country in, in the coming year. Really exciting, really exciting. Okay, so if you're a teacher listening, and you're thinking, this is interesting, I'm in early years, I'm interested in this. What three actionable steps can you share um, for any teachers wanting to work in the early year sector? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'd say, come to our website, tiny1.co, because um, like I said, we're not struggling to find parents, we're, we're struggling to find great educators to open these nurseries. And, you know, I just think, for the most part, community are really happy and loving it. And you know, making good salary and just enjoying themselves, which is great. Um, I'd say, you know, the, for an early years educator, um, you know, read, there's tons of stuff to read about early years education. You know, we have a lot of stuff on our website, but, you know, first of all, anyone who just thinks, oh, this is going to be an easy laugh, like I've been teaching in a school and teaching three-year-olds will be much easier. Obviously, that's not true. So, you know, I would... <laughs> well, it, might thinks, be, it might be if you've been teaching 24 nursery children. <laughs> maybe that, that will be easier. Yeah, having just a few. I mean, the good thing about child mining is it's much more like a family relationship. So yeah. usually it's like, you know, almost like the childminder is, is like an aunt or an uncle or a parent. And if they have children of different ages, they have a sibling relationship and it's a much more natural sort of earlier environment than a much, you know, than a big nursery that feels very institutional. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the big thing we're looking for is people who can set their homes up in a way that work. So they, you don't need a lot of space, but, you know, you do need to have your family on board. We've had some people who have wanted to do this and then their partner gets very upset that the front room is going to be a nursery during the day and, yeah, you know, yeah. he, he wants to watch TV or something or they're a teenager and that doesn't work. So, you know, there is something about um, ensuring your family is really on board by the fact that you are going to have a nursery in your house because that, that is a big, you know, change for not just you but the rest of the family I'd say that's probably also something to really think about I suppose as well um especially if your partner works from home <laughs> yeah yeah that, that and you don't need a ton of well. space you know we have some that just use a in a, in a council flat that have a, a front room and a garden or a park nearby and a, you know a toilet and that works but you know obviously that's not a front room that your partner is going to be able to use during the day um, mm -hmm. or your teenage children they need to be aware that that's going to be off limits for them yeah 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 Okay. Um, any, any other things that teachers could do? Um, I mean, I think for, you know, well, look, for all teachers, whether, whether you work in early years or not, um, sometimes I think teachers underestimate the importance of early years, which I, I think is really important for everyone in the education community. Um, you know, I remember when we were starting Teach First, we started, I wanted to go both in primary and secondary school. And I remember people in the education world saying, no, no, no don't go into primary. That's not as important as secondary school. And just thinking how, how ridiculous that is. It's obviously absurd. Mm -hmm. um, we, we know primary schools are as or more important than secondary schools for a child's education. And it's the same with early years. I think early years is often underestimated its importance and, and often teachers out there, you know, think it's it's kind of playtime when actually it's it's really an important, difficult part of child's educational journey. So so I'm sure none of your listeners would be like this because they're all very 
you know, serious educators who, who understand this, but um, I, I would just urge, you know, every educator out there to really respect your earlier educators and, you know, they're very important colleagues. That would be something else I'd think you could do. Yeah, I think as well, when you're, I mean, I remember being a secondary teacher, then, then like you say, it's two teacher, and it's more not knowing, not knowing really like what it means to play and that it's not necessarily just playing and, it, and yeah. it's all everything else that's that's kind of rolled up into it as well so yeah completely yeah it's learning I mean it's how you know small children learn don't they I mean that's historically for throughout history that's how small children learn is through play yeah and what a fun way to learn I remember um Mm. I remember being a child and uh, instead of listening in lessons I was playing in my head (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) about the next thing I was going to be doing at home um or playing in my head and then I was like what are we doing <laughs> I have no clue um obviously I was learning lots yeah my son is having that problem too so I'll 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 tell him that um you know yeah do because because I've kind of been hearing that on the report front recently as well <laughs> so so it's uh yeah it's gonna be fine just wait till they get into year five and then they'll be okay and they might wake up then okay um so how can listeners find out more about you where can we get in touch with you yeah i mean our website is tiny t-i-n-e-y.co um you know if anyone wants to get in touch with me direct my email is just brett b-r-e-t-t at tiny.co and yeah i mean we um would love to hear from any of your listeners we've had lots of great teachers who have opened home nurseries and are doing fantastic some of them uh who want to you know work more have assistance some of them are earning 80,000 90,000 pounds with assistance and you know are are building like proper you know bigger bigger child mining settings in their homes but then we have others who just want to work 20 or 30 hours a week and you know just have have a smaller setting and yeah i mean we could make it work really well for for anyone who has great education experience and, and wants to help teach small children in their homes yeah when you said professional salary you really did mean professional salary yeah i mean you know for people who are doing 30 hours a week and doing it on their own they're, they're usually earning around 40 grand 30 to 40 grand um you know for 30 to 40 hours a week um but if you want to do it you know and have assistance and you know manage people and and run a bigger thing in your home it's pretty straightforward i mean what we know is there's tons of demand from parents it's not hard finding the children or the parents we know there's a lot out there that are looking for this yeah yeah hopefully we're not going to cause a mass exodus from early years in schools right now (laughs) but um no I, i agree it is needed something that i even think about is Sometimes you just want ad hoc, um, a relationship to have ad hoc care as well, um, which I know that childminders can offer depending on how close they are to the school as well. Um, Just when you have children in school, but that whole before thing and the after thing as well. Oh, yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, most of our childminders do um, wraparound care too. So, you know, in addition to educating small children, they could also um, take care of older siblings or even their, you know, their own children, or get a relationship with the local primary school and take care of a few children, you know, that way, uh, in addition to the small children. And that's very common. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been a, a lovely chat. Next next time we should talk about Teach First. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've actually, um, so um, one's moved on to something much better. Um, but yeah, I've had some of you graduates here uh, at Classroom Secrets as well. After nice. they've been in the classroom, of course, Um so that's been great. Yeah, no, it's great. So many of our teachers have moved into so many. I mean, we have tons who are great classroom teachers and schools all over the country, including my children's school. And then uh, some are, you know, head teachers doing all sorts of incredible things in education, which is just 
really cool and really exciting whenever I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well done on that as well. So Thanks. Uh, next time we'll talk about that. But thank you so much. Thanks. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.